You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Yes! Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, so hot. So hot. I feel like that's a movie quote. Want to touch the hiney? So yeah, hot. Yeah, what right is now. that from? What is that? That's the movie quote that I was thinking. What is it? I, I'm picturing Adam Sandler saying Yes, it's... Oh, it's so... Is it's it probably, Billy Madison? It's probably Billy, Billy Madison then. <laughs> Although, really, you could probably interchange that into like most of his movies. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Where does so hot want to touch the hiney come from? That's bra- very brave of you. Very brave Google search. It is Billy Madison. There you go. Okay. <laughs> that is the Mariners right now. It's insane. They've won 14 straight games. Just happened just now. Going into the All-Star break. You will most likely listen to this before they play another game. So that is also fun because most of the time we're like, as of now, like the next, you could listen to this two days later and it would totally change. Mm-hmm. I'm Daniel Hargrove, by the way. I'm Justin Domashevitz. We is. also have our trusty producer, Andrew Gross, here with us. We are brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. What you were saying about the Mariners, though, yes. before we go into the two-minute drill, okay. I found a podcast. Actually, I found it kind of by happenstance because somebody commented on one of our tweets. Gotcha. And then I clicked on that person, and I realized, oh, this person has a Mariners podcast. So nice. I listened to it, okay. and it was right after the road trip. Oh. Right before the winning streak, right. when things were going real bad, and <laughs> real they bad. were burying the team yes. and wondering what assets were going to be traded away, and by the time I listened to it, it was a week and a half old, and I was <laughs> like, ha, you guys were wrong. <laughs> that would have been right around That's when awesome. Daniel and I were agreeing that there was at least some positive things to to pin our hope on. Yes. There was, mm-hmm. and it took me a bit to come around. I feel like you were higher on the positive <laughs> train than I was, but you started to sway me. And then all of a sudden they won five in a row and, or they won a couple series and then they beaned Mike Trout or they didn't even bean Mike Trout. They they got beaned. They got beaned after Mike Trout felt like they were trying to hit him. His feelings were hurt. His feelings no, were nothing hurt. was physically hurt, but his feelings, his feelings were, hurt. were very hurt. Yeah, very poor upset. Mike Trout. Yeah, poor Mike. Trout. Let's all feel. Mike let's all take a moment to feel bad for Mike <laughs> Trout. He also oh. doesn't get to play in the All Star game because his back hurts, oh. or ever in the playoffs. His back hurts. <laughs> That's not because of his back. <laughs> his back hurts from trying to carry. Oh wait, no, Shohei Otani carries them now. Yeah. Yeah. They carry them together. But not very well. And they're both well. looking at Rendon being like, dude, can you help yeah. us out with this a little bit? <laughs> the tweet that... The tweet that... He's like, I'm carrying... Just, just a little bit. Rendon is the guy when you're moving. <laughs> yeah. And you're, somebody's carrying... But you've got two guys on both sides of a super heavy desk. And then yes. there's a guy behind directing traffic, waving his arms yes. around. Don't well, pinch your fingers in the door. That's Rendon. Gotcha. That's even worse than I was going to say. I was going to say he's the person who like sidles up to the middle of it oh. to try and take some weight off. But you know is really doing nothing. And then when you get to the door, they can't go with you anyway. So exactly. they kind of have to bail. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've been that position multiple times. <laughs> Or is carrying like the the moving blanket behind, going here. I, I got the blanket for when you guys get in the yeah. truck. <laughs> See, my move when you're moving, if if there's a lot of people, is always try to be the first one into the truck 
Because then you're just directing traffic. Yes. That's the way to go. Now, the last time I was moving, I decided to stay in the truck mm-hmm. because we were unloading at that point. Mm-hmm. And I just was like the guy who gets the stuff to the ledge of yes. the truck. Yes. That's the that best That is job. a pro move. Yeah. To be fair, Justin, you are uniquely gifted or not even gifted. You've, you've done a lot of qualified. work. Qualified. Yes. You're uniquely <laughs> qualified to fit things into the truck. True. As, as am I because of the jobs that we've had. So good point yeah so we're actually being helpful this last time was one of the few times i've held people move where there wasn't like a professional mover to like kind of directing traffic or at least someone who maybe they haven't done it professionally but they're sober so they're sober they're sober that's a good start (laughs) that's a good start So number one they're sober but also they're so uber like organized that they want to like fit everything perfectly in tetris style yeah and the last time i helped someone move was the first time that that hasn't been the case not surprising something got broken in transit. It wasn't no. major. It wasn't major. It was like a random like flower planter or something like that. But I will say that it was only like an eight-minute drive to the next place. <laughs> and so it just made me realize the importance of the anal retentive people who are usually in charge of packing things into moving vans. Mm-hmm. Let's get it going with a two-minute <laughs> drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Gun do right, gun do right. Three jet buckeye, don't worry. Three. The two minute drill starts now. The Seattle Kraken selected centerman Shane Wright with the fourth overall pick in the NHL draft. Many experts thought Wright would be the top overall pick. Daniel, did the Kraken get lucky? Absolutely. Not only was he the favorite going into the draft of being the number one pick, slogans were made up, just reminiscent of suck for luck. Mm-hmm. Or what was yours for Suck for Sam? Yeah. That didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But Tank for Tua. Tank yep. for Tua. Price is right is what they're saying. Pain for Shane. <laughs> for teams last year tanking. And they lucked into him. Three teams who picked ahead of Seattle said that they had different needs. That could be a possibility. Some said that maybe it was an attitude maturity thing. I think... That you get a young kid like this actually into the NHL, provide him with some leadership, provide him with all of the massive amount of budget that you had in training, and he will reach his full potential, especially when he comes in and all of a sudden he's going to be playing with a young guy like Maddie Beneers, who when he started playing last year after he was picked up for the Kraken once he finished playing college because they drafted him, then he finished his college season, then he came in to start playing for the Kraken. Not only did he do awesome, but the team started winning games at the end. Like, that might be one of the reasons why they had the fourth pick. It's because he was so good. So I think you bring right in alongside him, and I think that'll be a big help. They absolutely lucked into this one. GG Jackson, the top men's basketball. GG, does that stand for good game? It's Greg something. Okay. GG Jackson, the top men's basketball prospect for the class of 2023 decommitted from North Carolina last week. Ooh, when I read this last time, yeah. I thought he committed to North Carolina. Ooh, yeah. I'm no, sorry. He already did that a couple Eww. months ago. Eww. Jackson is the first player in Tar Heel basketball history to decommit. Justin, how are you doing? Is <laughs> wow. this is this why you missed the show last week? Are yeah. you okay? It's a factor. Um, no, I really feel like what happened was GG, he was the number eight overall prospect. And then as this season has gone on and a lot of the basketball that's going on right now, he's gotten better and better and he's flying up the rankings. There had been talk of him reclassifying and coming in to play this year. 
instead of next year. But North Carolina is not a really good option for that because the roster is totally stacked this year and their scholarships are full. So I think what happened was his performance in recent basketball tournaments, especially the top 100 tournament that he totally dominated within the last month or so, um, has made him reconsider how ready he is to play college basketball. He wanted to come in this year instead. North Carolina's not ready for it, so he's going to decommit probably go to South Carolina, which is actually a little bit closer to his home, and it's where his mommy wanted him to go. So I feel like that's probably what's going to happen. He's probably going to get a fat check for NIL money because the Gamecocks don't have much of anybody else there that's worth any NIL money. And I think ultimately, Tar Heel fans, please just understand this is a young kid trying to make huge decisions about what he's going to do with his life when and where give him a little bit of grace and don't be a jackass Gamecock fans are going to love that the Washington Nationals reportedly are open to trading star outfielder Juan Soto after the 23 year old turned down a 15 year 440 million dollar offer which would be the largest contract in MLB history Daniel is Soto making a mistake Absolutely not. This guy is an absolute generational talent. He is amazing. He's already won a World Series ring. And not only did he win that World Series, but he was awesome in that World Series. He hit 333. He had three home runs, seven RBIs, nine hits, two doubles. He's proven what he needed to do at Washington. Why lock yourself down for 15 years when you're amazing to a contract? Who knows what inflation is going to keep doing in this country? It's bizarre. Why lock yourself into a 15-year contract? Don't do it. That $30 million a year might not even pay for gas. (laughs) Oh, don't make me cry. (laughs) Last week, NBA veteran Andre Iguodala said that if Rasheed Wallace were dropped into today's game, he would be a top five player. I agree with that. And went on to say that Wallace could be better than Giannis. Okay, now I'm not so sure. (laughs) Justin, what on earth is Iguodala trying to say and doesn't make any sense? And why did he pick Rasheed Wallace to talk about? Well, actually, that's interesting. (laughs) No, it's not. For context, (laughs) not to disobey the buzzer, but for context, it started with a conversation about teams who had won the finals without a star, without a top five player. And the guy that was interviewing Andre Iguodala pointed out, well, the Pistons did that. Yeah. And then Iguodala pointed out, well, I mean, I get what you're saying, but like skill set wise, they had Rasheed Wallace who at the time, and I think if you look back, my, my completely unbiased opinion, not because he's a Tar Heel and not because he's a former Portland Trailblazer, I think Rasheed Wallace is one of the most underappreciated talents in NBA history. I yeah, think he was so good. his size, the fact that he could shoot, um, and the fact that he could play on the perimeter at 6'10", 6'11", yeah. was underappreciated in his era. And also, he was a phenomenal defensive player. Yeah. But Rasheed Wallace never wanted to be the guy. It wasn't his thing. He wanted to play basketball. He didn't want to have the pressure of being the leader and being the star. So he focused much more on all the other little things like playing defense, getting rebounds, working within the, the structure of the offense, and getting technical fouls. There you go. And, I was uh, waiting for it. Yeah. So Intimidating he, he had too many other things to yeah. worry about to worry about being the star. But it was like, yeah. you know, remember when Charles Barkley way back in the day said, I don't want to be a role model. Like he didn't want, it wasn't him saying, 
I think I should be able to do whatever I want. It was him saying, I'm not built to have the pressure of being a role model. So teach your children how to behave on your own. Yeah. And I feel like Rashid was kind of the same in the way that, you know, he wanted to be an example of the right way to play basketball. He didn't necessarily want to be the guy who was giving a hype up speech in the locker room or the guy who like all the fans were adoring. It wasn't his thing. Yeah. But Rashid Wallace's skill set in the prime of his career was terrifying because he was a matchup nightmare because he was monstrously huge, really strong and good on the perimeter and inside. So if he had had the drive that Giannis does to be great and do everything great and be a star and be a leader, then if you drop him in today's game, he could be better than Giannis possibly, but it wasn't who he was. Yeah. And he had a great NBA career, four-time all-star, uh, one-time NBA champion, all on his own. So yeah, I he, get what Iguodala was saying. Absent context, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. I also don't think Rashid Wallace dropped in today's game would be better than Giannis. I, I don't think he would because he wasn't quite the physical freak that Giannis was. But he shoots a heck of a lot better than Giannis did. Mm-hmm. Does. So I think he would fit today's game very mm-hmm. well. Oh, like definitely. I totally get that. Like Rashid was amazing, and when he left Portland, that was just huge. Yeah, killed Portland after that. Yeah, I always think that it's important to structure these two-minute drill questions where the NBA question is at the end. Smart, because then like fifty percent of the time, it. Andrew gets to buzz it really quickly. Yeah. Um. Also. I believe it was Rashid Wallace who was in the car. If not, Rashid Wallace said it. Oh, I think he's the one who said it. Yeah. he. They got pulled over and the officer was like, do you have any weed in the car? And he was like, no, we smoked it all. Yeah. <laughs> that was in the jailblazers days when the media of oh, Portland man. turned against the Blazers players and turned them into villains. Yeah. And drove them all out of town eventually. Yep. They had some good basketball teams, though. Yeah, they did. They were yeah, good. and now that, man, I haven't got a chance to talk to you yet about Gary Payton, too, being a part of the mm. Blazers. I am so giddy right yeah. now. I think what I texted you, you was, giddy. is, the yeah, the only way that I could get more excited and nostalgic is if they traded for DeMontis Sabonis, <laughs> then I would just, like, I would wet myself. Then you'd have, a, you'd have, you'd have your Gonzaga boy. Well, not just Mike Gonzaga boy. His dad played for Portland. Oh, that's right. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Arvidas Sabonis Arvita with Sab- his laser beam three-pointers. Right? <laughs> and he played with Rashid. Like, yeah. they were a killer 5-4 combo. Like, they were insane. Yeah. And yeah. And then Rashid Wallace went on to play in Detroit where he had Ben Wallace with him. Mm-hmm. And defensively, the combination of those two was a monster. They inside. were insane. Yeah, they were insane. I could talk about 90s and early 2000s basketball all day, but I think yeah. we should probably uh, move on because we're going to lose some people. Yeah, I guess. Um, real quick, I wanted to get to the NIL yeah. conversation with Gigi Jackson. Yeah. Early report I get that was he's 3 gonna, million. I get that he's going to be like the stud there. Yeah. But when you play for South Carolina, like... That's not the same following that North Carolina is. No. So I, I was talking with... Yeah, but NIL isn't just the money that you can make from jerseys, from jerseys and stuff. NIL is because but, when the NCAA... But... Because they were against it the whole time, and then when they were forced to allow it, they were like, fine, no rules then. <laughs> so literally, 
it's that is exactly what happened. This, that is exactly what happened. And so what's happening is is teams are boosters are just giving name, image, and likeness deals to players. Yeah, but I still feel like the basketball boosters at South Carolina are a lot less invested than the North Carolina yeah, basketball boosters. But if there's one, they're gonna give a whole bunch to the guy that lets him go. <laughs> That's true. So my I thought on know. this was I, I think I it's I think there are Big a lot fish of fish in a small pond sort of thing. There ends up being a lot of layers to it because number one, it was notable and I know because I watched it live, Gigi Jackson's commitment ceremony, his mother did not attend. I think for her. that she didn't go because she wanted him to go to South Carolina, which is closer to home. If I ever had but a... he really wanted to play in, at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when these guys are big stars and there's gonna, there's a bunch of money that's about to come, they have a camp. You right. know, that's yeah. the new thing. Yeah. So he's got a bunch of people in his ear. And as entourage, yeah. there was even the possibility people were saying, well, he could he might go. He might still reclassify play this year, go to North Carolina and just take a walk on spot and they would take him. They couldn't give him a scholarship, but he'll make so much money in NIL that it wouldn't matter. Interesting. But I think that at least part of the part of the factor in this, in addition to the fact that I believe his mother wanted him to go to South Carolina and be closer to home is there's nobody else at South Carolina that's going to be demanding NIL money. Mm-hmm. And at North Carolina, there's a lot more money to go around, but their their roster is so loaded with players who have already proven that they can play at the college level. That's a much safer bet for boosters trying to pay NIL money to people. And there's got to be a limit to like how much NIL money there is to go around. And they probably have like eight players on the North Carolina roster that are getting significant NIL money already. So maybe there wasn't enough more to give him that it outweighed what South Carolina could give him. Um, I, I feel like for this year's team, it's not a problem. The Carolina roster is set. Oh, yeah, no, they're fine. I worry a little bit about what it means for recruiting going forward because Carolina is not a school that gets the top prospect very often, like mm-hmm. almost never, you yeah. know, Harrison Barnes was like, the number two prospect and going back even further, I can't even remember who the number one or even top two prospect would be that yeah. they got besides that. So the That's fact kind of why I like them. Yeah. Well, and they had, they tend to have guys who stick around for a few years. Yeah. I mean, as proven by this team that's here now. Yeah. Um, but the, the fan base was very excited, especially watching his, how Gigi Jackson was playing in recent tournaments going, holy crap, this guy's going to be on our team next year. And it was really exciting. So I wonder now how that could affect recruiting going forward because Carolina already didn't have the reputation as being the school that gets the top guy. So will the top guy continue to realize maybe there's a better path? But has South Carolina won any national championships? That's uh, yeah. I think it has ha- South Carolina been. So if you're a part that of the fan to base, not matter to him. if you're, well, if you're in the fan base, yeah. Why would you get so upset about that? Well, for, because yeah. you have a successful model. Mm-hmm. Why get upset that something that might've changed that model didn't happen? Agreed. You know? Yeah. I guess that, I mean. Well, there's also a lot of, there's a lot of recruits in the range that are coming up over the next couple of years that are in the range that we've seen Carolina have yeah. success with exactly. in the past. So I feel like they're really well set. Yeah. It's, it's disappointing 
you think yeah, you're going to have this bummed. guy. Now yeah. you don't. That makes sense. Um, but, you know, hey, you know. Hey, yeah. you know. Hey. Yeah. I mean, Daniel, if you, if Anchor grows up and he commits to Oregon, would you go to that ceremony? What? Yeah, I'm just going back to That's his not mom. the same. It's the same. It's not the same. <laughs> no. Nope. North South Carolina, Carolina South Carolina is Carolina. a blip on the radar. Yeah. They're nothing. To South Carolina fans, it would be the same. I don't think so. I, I think, think that's if, the if rivalry. If you said NC State. Yeah. Uh, the, if it was okay, NC State and North Carolina. Yeah. Or Duke. Yeah. Well, obviously, the yeah, the Duke-UNC thing. But Duke and UNC are both bad, yeah. baddies. Yeah. So... Obviously, they can't get along. Dude, with if if Anchor's really good and he chooses <laughs> Oregon, you will love him and support him and show up at every game wearing orange and black. I will get custom Oregon Ducks gear made in orange, orange and black. I did. The, this conversation happened in my house a few years dope. ago. Literally, this conversation happened in my house a few years ago with Mac when he was he was like Is that nine. When you made him cry. Nine or ten? No, he was like five when I did that. Okay. Um, when he was nine or ten, he was like, "Hey, Dad, what if I get really good at basketball and the only Division One offer that I get is Duke?" Well, if it's the only <laughs> Division One offer, it's the only. I said, "I guess you're going to junior college to prove that you can get to Division One because that is not happening." This is the same conversation that comes up every time somebody's like, why can't you eventually get over Duke players playing in the NBA? Like, they went to Duke forever ago. And I'm like, Probably for those guys year. were all good enough that when they were going into college basketball, they had dozens of choices and yeah. they chose evil. And that's You choose evil in your lifetime. You don't get to be redeemed from that. And that's the thing, Justin. Nobody ever just has an offer from Duke that's- or an offer from Oregon. So that's where, like... Yeah. You are correct. That's why you hold that against them forever. Thank you. But that's why your son's thing doesn't make sense because <laughs> that's not his only <laughs> offer. You can be like, dude, that would never happen. You would at least have another offer for Texas Tech or something like that. Oh. Then you go there, obviously. Yeah. I don't, Red Raiders. Yeah. So Or Hawaii. Like, mm-hmm. If you're getting an offer from Duke or if Anchor's getting an offer from Oregon, there will be another Division One <laughs> option. I mean, worst case scenario, if you're good enough to have an offer from Oregon, you just go walk on at Oregon State and try to earn a scholarship the next year. Out of state tuition, though. Yeah, that out of state tuition. NIL will cover that. Yeah. With a name like Anchor, you can use logos like a symbol to help with the NIL. It would be great. Anchor Hargrove feels like a good baseball name. Is that why you chose it? No, but it does, doesn't it? I feel like he should be a catcher. Like the which anchor would, of the team. That makes sense, which yeah. would be interesting, though, because that's the only position I don't know how to coach. Oh. So well done there. Ooh. But like when he goes down into his squat, you could say he dropped anchor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just see if I can get a hold of Cal Raleigh and be like, hey, you're a big dumper. Yeah. My kid's named Anchor. Yeah. I feel like there's some sort of. He hits a dinger over name. the left field fence and it's he dropped anchor in the left field stands. Dude, I'm just thinking of I'm just thinking of Ian Cope calling sports games where Anchor's playing and just having a field day with all of the puns and things he can make with that. Oh, nautical themed? Yeah. Oh, it's just, happening. Yeah. It's happening. It's, it's gonna happen. <laughs> all right. I think it is now time for Justin's 
favorite part of the show. Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Stump Daniel. Daniel. I had a few really irrelevant ideas for Stump Daniel. Did you hear Andrew's impromptu Stump Daniel last week? Yes. He did pretty well. I thought it was great. (laughs) I thought the whole show last week was great. Shockingly. I listened to it beginning to end. Wow, I did. Enjoyed every moment of it and thought, (laughs) you guys... You guys kept it to 47 minutes. We've never done that together, the three of us. <laughs> I was like, Andrew was like, why did that upload so quickly? <laughs> and I was like, well, a third of our talking is gone. And Andrew was like, let's be real. Probably more than a third. Yeah. Well, Daniel, I thought since the most important thing that's going on is the Mariners' current 14-game win streak, yes. instead of doing things like I was considering – um, saying like, wow, look at all the crazy titles of these stupid Nicolas Cage movies. I'm going to give you a bunch of titles and you tell me if it's real or fake. I thought that would be fun. That does sound fun. But instead, we should I save that one. We'll save that one. Nicolas Cage has a lot of stupid title movies. <laughs> He's got a bunch of stupid movies. Yeah. So <laughs> that just reminds me of, did you ever watch Community? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where Abed is about driven crazy trying to figure out if Nicolas Cage is a bad actor or a yes. good actor. <laughs> yes. Um, and who's the boss? Yeah. Uh, and you only get that if you've watched Community. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Otherwise, who cares? Screw yeah. you. You're just a listener. You might as well go um, to Duke. I thought, <laughs> let's keep it current. Let's do something that's most relevant. Okay. And we're going to go current Mariners stats I'm going to give you a stat category. Okay. You're going to tell me who's leading the team. Because okay. there are several guys on the Mariners really close. who have really contributed in a lot of ways. Um, and I think some of these might be tough. Yes. I'm going to start with runs scored, Daniel. Who leads the Mariners in runs scored? Oh, that's, I'm, uh, I'm torn between two people. Okay. As Andrew was... Efforting the board, the bed. There we go. I just said that to buy myself some more time. I wanted to quote uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine there, but I won't. <laughs> Efforting the bed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a joke that the three of us in this room definitely get, and probably nobody else does. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'm going to say it's between two players, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to go with who's hot right now and say Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez is correct. My other thought was J.P. Crawford. 53 runs, J.P. Crawford currently has 41. There is a player in between them with 44. Ty France? Nope, good vibes only. Oh, Eugenio Suarez. Nice. Daniel hits. Who leads the Mariners in hits? Gosh, if it's not Ty France, I'm going to be shocked. It's hard, though, because like there's a bunch of guys that have been good but might have missed a few games here and there because of injury. France was hurt for a while, but I still want it to be Ty France. Ty France is correct! Viva la France! Oh, Andrew's looking at it, apparently, so that's why he was able to... Ty France has 97, Julio right behind at 95. I actually already had it up. Gotcha. <laughs> doubles, Daniel. Dubs. Who leads the Mariners in doubles? 
I'm gonna say Ty France. Ty France is correct. Yes! Tied at 18 with two other players. Daniel, who are the two other players? Julio Rodriguez. Yes. And JP Crawford. Ooh, I'm sorry, you got your first one wrong. It's Eugenio Suarez. I'm a little. What I'm learning here is I'm a little too high on JP and a little not high enough on Eugenio. You are just barely a little too high on JP because he's only one double behind those other guys at 17. Okay. Okay. This one's a little easier, Daniel. Two guys tied for the top of the team in home runs. Who are the two guys tied for the most on the team in home runs? Eugenio Suarez. Correct. And. Julio Rodriguez. That is correct again. Cal Raleigh, not far behind at 13. Big dumper. Big dumper. Julio and Good Vibes Only, 16 home runs apiece. I really like what Cal Raleigh has turned into. Yeah. Like a slightly better, bigger version of Mike Zunino? Somebody said, one of our buddies, Tracy, was saying that he is Mike Zunino. And he was saying it as a downside. And I was like... Mike Zunino is an all-star catcher. Sir. That's true, but also Mike Zunino, towards the end of his Mariners tenure, was batting like 180. Yeah, but he, I was translating it to current Mike Zunino, oh, yeah, or last you. year I Mike Zunino, you. you know? The one who, who made it to the World Did they win all-star. the World Series? Uh, no, they lost, the, lost World the World Series. But also was an all-star. Yeah. All-star Mike Zunino. Well, Cal Zunino Raleigh could hit dingers. sixth on the team in, w- in RWAR. RWAR? Like... Dang it, that was my next question. <laughs> Who's sixth on the team in Arwar? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Cal Raleigh, big number. How did you know that? 6'3", 225. He's a big boy. He's a big dumper. Which could be taken so many different ways. <laughs> he also squats. Drops anchor. Big dumper. RSBI, Daniel. Who leads the team in RSBI? <laughs> Oh, I feel like, you know what? That's the fun thing about a team that can win 14 games straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard it. I heard a stat after last night's game where J.P. Crawford had the game-winning RBI that in their 14-game winning streak, he was something like the 11th or 12th player, different player, to have the game-winning RBI in That's that streak. Nuts. Isn't that ridiculous? That's crazy. Also, I saw a graphic that I have no idea whether it was right or not that said something like Suarez has the most home runs of any player in the majors over the last three and a half seasons. Or yeah, something like yeah, that. yeah. It's crazy. That was true. So he had. At the so why did I not know who sure. he was before he came here? Right. He had a down year last year, but apparently the two years before that he was just hitting dongers like crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So let's see. This is RBIs. Yeah. Or RSBI. RSBI. Runs batted in. Runs batted Run in. Run batted ins. Yeah. You know, every time I did a sport... Wow, I have to say did now. I was going to say every mm-hmm. time I do a sports cast on KXRO, yeah. I have that... I see RBIs, and in my head, I think RSBI. You're welcome. Like, Justin. You're welcome. I'm going to go with Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez is correct! But there's three guys really close here. Julio has 52... 16 home runs, 52 RBIs at the All-Star break as a rookie. Nutso. Just bonkers. Suarez has 50. Ty France, even with missing a couple weeks, has 49. Now, Daniel, I'm going to go 
to the far right. Imagine if Abraham Toro wasn't on the team and Ty France didn't get hurt. Yeah. Toro stinks. I was going to ask you stolen (laughs) bases, but I realized it's not a question. Julio's really the only guy who steals bases consistently. Yes. Even Sam Haggerty, but he hasn't been up as much. Slugging percentage is an interesting question. Because you got some guys hit for more average, some guys hit for more extra bases. I just realized that I was Sam Haggerty. You, and you Ricky didn't realize Mc... that earlier before and... the show when we were talking about him stealing third? Oh, that's yeah, a good point. I, that was, I thought that was assumed. I think I literally said out loud, that's a Hargrove thing. That's true. I just put it together also, yeah. though, because I was like, oh, because Sam Haggerty hasn't, as, hasn't had as many opportunities. Mm-hmm. And this is, okay, I'm sorry. You might want to stop the music for a second. This is me just going, just... Daniel, yeah, Daniel Glory Days. So when I played at Grace Harbor College, uh, Ricky McKinney was definitely the Julio Rodriguez of the team. Not that he was a rookie, but he was just better at everything than everybody, okay, including stealing bases. But he didn't do it that much, whether it's because he was hitting home runs, doubles, or triples, or because he just didn't have to that much. But I played a. I played more in the last five or six games of the season than I did for most of the season. And Andrew can attest to the fact that I stole a ton of bases in those. And after one of them, our coach said, hey, Ricky, Daniel's going to catch you in stolen bases next weekend. And then Ricky stole like four bases in the next game. And I was like, (laughs) all right. Come on, Ricky. Okay, guy. (laughs) Anyway, back to the music. Calm down, guy. I thought. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm getting emotional. Not going to lie. <laughs> you said something off air earlier about Sam Haggerty told Scott Service, hey, if you need me to get third, I can get third. Yeah. And then he went out and stole third easily. So easily, in fact, that the catcher didn't even try to throw him out. Exactly. And my instant reaction was, that's some Hargrove crap right there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you're definitely Sam Haggerty. Yep. I no doubt about that. Like um, that I'm going to do two more here, Daniel. Okay. okay. Slugging percentage. There, there are again a few guys that are really close together here. So slugging percentage. In, do you know? I think how that a stat is defined. Yeah, it's something about like total bases per at bat or something like that. So if you hit a home run, if if every That's time SLG, you batted, right? Yeah. If if every time you batted you hit a home run, you'd have a one thousand slugging percentage. If every time you batted you hit a single, you'd have a two fifty slugging percentage. I think. Baseball reference has the actual equation up here. It's first one, it's singles plus two times doubles plus three times triples. So it's number of bases you get per hit divided by at bat. Yeah, so divided by at bat. Which is, yeah, that's what I was saying. Nailed it. First try. So, so the so amount of. The total number of bases that you get for, right. for a home run. Right. right, so like right. if you hit, like I said, if you get four bases every at bat, you'd have a one thousand slugging percentage. If you hit a single every at bat, or okay. average a single every at bat, right, you'd have a two fifty slugging. I percentage. was thinking it should be per hit because I was thinking of the, but I was thinking of OPS, right, which has the much higher numbers. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with Julio. It is Julio. Very good. It's really close, though. Julio Rodriguez at 477. Ty France not far behind at 470. Cal Raleigh, 469. Big dumper. Wow. Nice. Let's go. 
Last one, Daniel. <laughs> wins above replacement. Who leads the all Mariners batters in wins above replacement? I think it's all Mariners, period. Well, the list I have only has batters oh, on okay. it. So I don't know. It could be pitchers the list, also. The list I'm looking at is pitchers and batters. Okay, so who leads all, who leads all Mariners in wins above replacement? It's got to be Julio Rodriguez. That is correct again. Julio Rodriguez at 3.5. Ty France second at 2.8. And J.P. Crawford at 2.6. Then Logan Gilbert at 2.5. Nice. Nice. Then Eugenio Suarez at 2.3. That's right. Let me go through the whole list. There's guys with a negative war. The next one is Torrens Torrens has a negative 0.5. Who's got the negative wars? Justin Upton, negative 0.4. Tell me. Tell me. Sosa Jr., Abraham Toro. There he is. Negative 0.3. Adam Frazier, Jared Kalanick, whoever Ellis is. Nap. I don't know. He has one at bat. He has a negative 0.01 war. Ellis? Ellis. D. Ellis. I don't remember him at all. I vaguely remember that. I remember Nap because he started at catcher when I went to a game recently, and I was like, I want Big Dumper. (laughs) I don't want this guy. Ford also has a negative war. Negative point yeah. one. Yeah, the PE teacher didn't last very long. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that concludes Stump Daniel. Him. And I think you did pretty well. Like uh, there was a lot there where I was like, ah, oh, three guys really close, and you pretty much got everyone. You might have had like two wrong the whole segment. Beaver Zone. I'd go Beaver Zone. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say Beaver Zone. Good job, Daniel. Well, we do still have to name an Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week, and we are going to talk a little bit more about the Mariners. We also need to settle some things for our upcoming wiffle ball tournament, but for now, let's take a quick commercial break. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Welcome back to the scrimmage. <laughs> we are brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. I'm Justin Domashevitz. No relation. What's, What's the A stand for? <laughs> I forgot what I was supposed to say. <laughs> Daniel Hargrove is here with us as well as our trusty producer, Andrew Gross. Yes. Well, we got to get into our local sports segment, and we don't have a lot of local sports to talk about. No. I was hoping we'd have a little bit more. So do you want to tell us about your experience in your all-star tournament before we get to Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week? I don't like travel ball. Is that a way to start Would you like to expand on that? So I'm pretty sure one of the teams that came to... So I coached Babe Ruth this year in Aberdeen. Had a lot of fun. Lots of fun. Also had the opportunity to coach all-stars, which we had the... um, Aberdeen was the host this year for the state tournament. First of all, the state of Babe Ruth definitely reflects travel ball because we had four teams at the state tournament. Mm. Two of them were from from Vancouver. One of them was most definitely a travel team that also registered in Babe Ruth. So that's crazy because when I think of Hoquiam baseball and the Cal Ripken League or whatever they're in, I always know that's a smaller league, but I think of Babe Ruth 
yeah. as like the thing that kids go to when they're done with Little League. Yeah. So that's really surprising to me it's, that it's not bigger. It's really surprising. I think, I don't know what happened a few years ago when Monty made the switch to not be in it, but that I is I think there it. just wasn't anybody to run Babe Ruth anymore. Which is weird because... So they the just g- decided that Little League would absorb that. And Little League does have options for older age groups. Yeah, which I had no idea about because everybody either. goes and plays Babe Ruth. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, so that was that was a big loss in, in my opinion. And it, um, you know, definitely shrunk the talent pool because when I was a kid... I mean, when I was a kid, we had a Hoquiam All-Stars and Aberdeen All-Stars. And, you know, everybody had their own All-Stars, for, for except for East Grace Harbor, I think, was combined. So it was Elma and Monty combined. Mm-hmm. And we were always grumpy about that in Hoquiam because we're like, dude, you have like twice as many people now than we have to pull from. Anyway. I actually think Hoquiam as a town is the size of Monty and Elma combined. That makes sense. Yeah. But school-wise, school you know, wise, like yeah. they're all was, 1A. Yeah. It was two 1A schools. Right. Yeah. Then they would be like, yeah, well, you have Quinault and North Beach. And we're like, yeah, in Tohola. Okay, you're right. So and part of half of Wishka. Yeah. So anyway, um, so this one Vancouver team, if they weren't a travel ball team, would be surprising because they not only had like a name, they were the Mudcats. They weren't like Vancouver. They were the Mudcats. And then also. What the they, heck is a Mudcat? I have no idea. No clue. But also, Justin, mm-hmm. everybody had a matching bag, like logoed it's a catfish. gear bag. A okay. mud, mud cat is a catfish. Catfish, gotcha. I did not know that. I looked it up. Gotcha. It's a flathead catfish. So anyway, definitely a travel team came up and... Uh, the stupid team name. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And they were also... So they beat us 19 to 1. Uh-huh. Um, we decided not to throw our best pitcher to start because we were trying to work pitch counts, you know, cause we don't, the games, the state tournament was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we were trying to figure out, Oh, what, what's the best way we're playing against this team. They're, uh, they seem like they're going to be the best team coming in, but we weren't sure about it. And then they scored 10 runs in the first inning and we we're like, okay, well, we're not going to throw our best pitcher for the rest of the game either. Mm-hmm. There's no point. Um, so they were still stealing in the fourth and fifth innings up 15, 16, 17, 18 runs. What's the mercy rule? Uh, it's 10 runs after five okay. only, apparently. Because in Cause, Little League, they have the escalating yeah. one where it's 20 and, runs after three and 15 after four. I was wondering if that was going to be the case, but yeah. no, it's just 10 after five. Mm-hmm. And they were still stealing bases, so that kind of tells you about the coaching and the leadership. They're like camp MVP from heavyweights. Yeah, exactly. So... That was frustrating. And then the next day, we were definitely playing a team that we could have beat, but we played extremely sloppy. And after scoring five runs in the first inning, ended up getting 10 runs, which shows you that you must be playing really sloppy, right? Like, if you have the ability to score five runs in an inning and then you get 10 runs, there's some things that went down there that was kind of sucky. But, you know, it was a fun experience. I learned a lot as a coach of how to coach this specific age group, which I will do a lot of things differently if I have the opportunity to coach next year, Um, just about how to teach the game. And the reason why I say I hate travel ball is because all of the kids who are have the ability to play travel ball will go play travel ball and kind of leave the rest to try and figure it out. And it's not just saying all the good players, but all the players who also have the time to. Because 
so many times that turns more into one player, one sport specific. We had a kid who actually played some travel ball, not on the most serious travel team that I've heard of, but he actually is a, like a three sport athlete. So he still is able to do all of it, but he's so busy. And then the, another kid just plays, I'm pretty sure just plays baseball. And that makes sense because like he played one game with us this year. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh man, where's this kid? Well, he's just playing travel ball and it made sense because he was traveling all over the place. So it's kind of a bummer. And it's just the, you know, you've heard me complain about it for so long. And so it was just kind of a bummer of seeing how that worked. And then you're like, okay, you kind of feel like you have this one level of what your team is mm-hmm. and the types of teams we're playing. And then all of a sudden you go to a state tournament and all of a sudden a team shows up that you're like, wait a second, that's not at the same level we're all playing at and just dominates everybody. And you're like, okay, cool. You brought a team at a different skill level to come in and 10 run everybody. Fun. Where it seemed like yeah. more like the state tournament was a formality for them to get to whatever was next. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it seemed weird, but I think all a lot of those fun. a lot of the those kids... people seem to be like I I know a lot of the parents and people yeah. who are involved in travel ball and a yeah. lot of it is like how can we get the maximum amount of, amount of time on the field? Yeah. So we want as many games as possible to yeah. see as many opponents as possible, and the, you know, so for them it was probably like. Yeah, we're going to kill everybody, but we're going to get reps. Yep. Yeah, and I could totally see that. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. It just felt weird. Yeah. It felt weird. But the kids that I coached were awesome. I had so much fun coaching these kids from Aberdeen. They were an absolute blast. But sadly, not two in barbecue, all done. So, Is one yeah. of your kids named Bubba? Yeah. Bubba's a stud. I just got it. Okay, hold on a Wait, second. What? This is a super sidetrack. <laughs> but you know how I've talked before about how I just Bubba make... was our honorable mention last okay, year. Okay, no, I remember last now. Week, I remember last now. Week, yeah. That's oh, that's what it is. Okay. okay. You know how I've talked to you guys about how I just do like notes in my phone to remind me about things for the show? <laughs> yeah. So I'll just say, Hey Siri, make a note, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I and sometimes it ends up with things that are really incoherent. So yeah. I was talking to my wife the other day and I was looking through my notes and I have one that says, do we have a lot of bubbles here in Grays Harbor County? And she was like, what the heck does that mean? A lot of bubbles. And I was like, I don't even remember making that note. What does that mean? We have a lot of bubbles. And when you were talking about your team, I was like, oh, and he was, you were saying you loved your players. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, what about Bubba? Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Do we have a lot of Bubba's here in Grays Harbor County? Right, because we, we had yeah, because we had uh, <laughs> Bubba Dick a few years ago. Yeah, was, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, Sorry, that was really more of a personal revelation of my own than yeah. something that needed to be shared. Anyway, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Brought back a lot of memories of playing in baseball tournaments and all star tournaments and stuff like that. But yeah, did not go the way we wanted it to. Unfortunate. Yeah, and I learned a lot though. That'll help us prepare better next year okay yeah my brother chimed in and said that when losing feels weird that's good is it it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't that losing felt weird the weird thing was is a team came in that was legitimately playing at a different level than everybody else yeah and there was another team that came from vancouver who played them better but and didn't get 10 run but still lost by like eight or nine it wasn't even the the losing felt like losing no that game was that the loss felt like it felt like a weird 
way to lose. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. It felt weird playing against that team, I guess is the way to say it. Yeah. The the loss the next day was much more like, a, oh, that sucked. We lost, but we were playing a team that we definitely should have competed with. But we were playing at the same playing field, right? We were like, okay. You weren't, a, you weren't playing a, a D1 and We weren't playing a bunch of kids with- who looked like they just walked on the field and then threw harder fielded better hit better like it was just a different level than we'd seen all year yeah even at that all-star tournament it's it was just like wait a second because like it is possible for that to happen organically yeah like it is i i can personally attest to that because yeah. the year that i think it was peyton's 11 year old all-star year all-star year yeah the aberdeen team from peyton's age group was insane yeah and i think it was the 10 year old or 11 year old all-star no it had to be the 11 year old it was the 11 year old all-star year they 10 run to everybody in the tournament. And then yeah. in the championship game, we lost to them by nine runs. And it was like, oh, wow, look what we accomplished. Yeah. We didn't get 10 run by this team. <laughs> and like those kids did play travel ball, but it wasn't like, you know, at 11 years old, they were this elite compiled group from a bigger city. You know, yeah. they just were really good. Exactly. Yeah. And you're right. That can happen organically, but that's not what this felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, do you want to get to the Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete I, of the Week? I do. I think it's worth pointing out. For Montesano, Little League. Mm -hmm. Um, They've had a lot of success over the years with teams winning district tournaments. I've been a part of some of it um, as a coach. But this year really stood out. Um, They put three baseball district teams. They had the uh, 10-year-old team, the 12-year-old team, and then the um, 13-14 team. I think is what it was. They had three district teams. All of them won their district tournament. Nice. And they also had the 10 U softball team, which you'll probably remember. Addie Williamson was our mm-hmm. athlete of the week a few weeks ago. Yep. Their 10 year old softball team also won the district tournament. So a ton of success from Montesano little league this year. The most recent team was this week, the eight to 10 year old um, district team from Montesano won their tournament. And before we do athlete of the week, I want to just do a quick shout out. I've got every kid on their roster here. It uh, started with Trey Gunter, Brody Messick, Madden Maruska, Jacob Dalgard, Liam Brekovich, Austin Maldonado, Keston Delia, Lawyer Nimi, Larkin Gadrich, Eric Barnes, Brenton Bestie, Keaton Silva, Calder Luft, and Colton Beardmore. There's a lot of last names I recognize. Yeah, that. so I do. I know a few of these kids. Like this is an age group that's younger enough for mm-hmm. my kids that I don't know all of them, but mm-hmm. I do know a handful of them. Yeah, um, some really good athletes in there. But our athlete of the week this week does come from that team, and it's Brody Messick. Yeah, Brody. As I was going through and looking at the stats, I was like, you know, I got this nomination from both uh, the league president Steve Bovey and also from his coach um, Stefan Maruska. And I was looking at his stats and I was like, holy crap, like <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's insane. It's so, insane. Throughout the course of the tournament, Brody played shortstop, pitcher, and catcher. He went 12 for 16 at the plate in four games. He that's, batted 750 in the district tournament with seven RSBI and 12 runs scored. He also ended one of the tournament games with an unassisted double play. I'm going to assume that that's while he was playing shortstop. Um, It'd be more impressive if he was playing catcher. That would be, yeah. <laughs> um, his manager said, Brody is a great kid and a leader for his peers. 
also in the title game. So like you got the stats throughout the course of the tournament, but the yeah. title game is what matters. And there actually was a really good team from Larch Mountain. Yep. Also, it's Larch Mountain. Yeah. We were saying Large Mountain all week on KXRO. Oh, it's Large Mountain. Yeah, Large Larch. Large Mountain. <laughs> uh, but if people say it fast, it's like Grace Harbor. People yeah. think it's Grace Harbor. Yeah. But it's Grace Harbor. It's Grace Harbor. Yeah. Yep. Um, there was a really good Larch Mountain team that they had to play twice, I think, and so and those two like, games were pretty close. That's like the Tenino. Rochester area, right? Tenino. Grand yeah. Mound. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, one of the games they won by one run, one of the games they won by two runs. So there was good competition yep. in their last couple of games. In the title game against Larch Mountain, Brody went four for five with a double, a triple, four runs, and four RSBI. Yeah, just stupid. So not Attaboy. only did he come up throughout the whole thing, yeah. he came up most clutch in the game that they most needed it in the title game. I can also say... Brody is one of those kids, and there are a few of these scattered around Montesano that I take credit for everything good they do. Because when Brody was seven, he played on my minors team, and I coached him one year. Yeah. So now, ever since then, if he does anything really good, I go, oh, I taught Brody that, you know, back when he was seven years old. Um, but that anyway, Brody, Brody is like <laughs> coach's dream, you know, super easy to deal with, puts his head down, enjoys the work. When he played on our minors team when I think his baseball age was eight, but he was seven. Cause that's all weird. How yeah. little league ages work. Yep. He was really small and going up against some 11 year olds. Wow. And never intimidated, you know, whether he made the play or not, or whether he was getting beaned or whatever happened, he's going up against kids sometimes that were almost twice his size. And I was always incredibly impressed with how bold he was. And now I think that, you know, him having the experience of going up against bigger kids and now playing through the last couple of years um, in Montesano Little League, he's really developed into a, a super baseball player. Um, so Brody, congratulations. Super happy for you. You are our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. I love it. I now, I have something else I want to say about Monty Little League. Do you have something else you want to add about oh, Brody? I was just going to say, knowing Brody's dad, because yeah. I play basketball with his dad, Doug, yeah. doesn't surprise me that his kid's a stud. Yeah. So, and, and bold, and not willing to back down from anybody. Yeah. Doug's the man. I Doug, love playing basketball with Doug. Doug's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Doug was one of the coaches on their team as well. Nice. Um, now, last week, when I didn't get to be here, we named another Monty kid, Kale Kesbew, the Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. I didn't get to talk much about like that team or that 12 year old team. I know a lot of those kids, mm -hmm. but there's one particular kid that was on that team that I have a story about that I think is really fun. Okay. So Hunter Schmitz. Okay. Who played catcher on that all-star team. Um, he has a younger sister who played on the coach pitch softball team that my daughter plays on. My wife managed and I was the bungling assistant. Um, <laughs> I felt like every every team needs one of those. A bungling right? assistant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People people would like when there would be like pregame and the coaches are getting together and one of the coaches would come up to me and be like, "Hey, how do you want to and I was like, "Talk to Angel cuz yep. she's the boss. I just do what I'm told." Yep. Um but Hunter first of all loves to coach his little sister. Okay. And is incredibly sweet and wonderful and patient and also knowledgeable and and loves to help her out. But he of all the child helpers that I've ever had is the most dedicated, the most helpful, the most engaged. 
Okay. The last game of the season. This is the specific thing that I've never seen anyone do. Okay. As coaching this coach pitch team, so we got kids in the age range of okay. like six to eight. I was going to say, what's the age group here? Yeah, six to eight, maybe, maybe nine, but not not much older than and that. And he's 11 or 12? Yeah, I, okay. think he's, I think he's actually 11 playing with the 12-year-old, gotcha. I believe, but I'm not positive about that. But Hunter was basically an assistant coach for us. He was in like, we 100% could trust him to give good advice to the kids, to mm-hmm. supervise. He was coaching third base for us. Okay. Um, I also was trying to coach first base and keep book and make sure that all the kids got out of the dugout. I was on the side of the dugout. That's a lot to do. So keeping book, coaching first base and making sure the batters came out that we're supposed to. I was just doing that in our all-star tournament. That's a lot. It's a lot of work, (laughs) but that's not as impressive as what Hunter did. Okay. Hunter coached third base on the opposite side of the field and was the bat boy for an entire game. What? So what that meant was every time, and there's dozens of these, every time a girl got a hit, left the bat, he would coach third base. As soon as the dust settled, he would sprint to home plate, (laughs) grab the bat, sprint to the dugout, put it neatly in the dugout, sprint all the way back to third base. He did it dozens of times throughout the game. What? Because I didn't even ask him to do it. He just saw the bat there and was like, somebody needs to take care of that. And he just did it. That's And then he did it through the whole game. Wow. And even at a certain point, I was like, Hunter, do you want some help? I could probably get somebody to come out and do this. And he was like, no, I got it. (laughs) No problem. That's awesome. It was amazing. That's so so cool. Big shout out to Hunter Schmitz. Like, I I love that kid. He's awesome. And his little sister is Chloe. And she's really cool, too. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Youth sports brings out some of the best. (laughs) It really does. The best stories. I love it so much. Um, I was just watching a video the other day that kind of reminded me of that because you get the opportunities to see the best come out in certain kids. Angel and- just sent me a text that said I wasn't bumbling as an assistant. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> she's she's wrong. I was bumbling. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was a, a video. You see so many videos on social media of like freakouts or bat flips yeah. or stuff like that. But this video was it, – it kind of reminded me – remember that video that went viral a couple of years ago of the two kids who were best friends but ended up playing on different teams yeah. and one struck the other yep, out? to end the championship game or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and he didn't go celebrate with his team. Yeah. He went and gave his buddy a hug. Those and, ones always get me. Oh, man, right I, started, I started crying. Yeah. Well, this one's kind of similar, but his team loses on a walk-off, and the catcher of the losing team just walk-off happens – and he stands up, turns around, and shakes the umpire's hand, and then goes about the business. And I was just like, oh, that's awesome. That we need more cool. of that. Exactly. We need and less of, of the TikTok videos of parents freaking out Seriously. to the point that the umpire walks off the field. Seriously. Because there are dozens of those now. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'm like, if I was an umpire, like listening to a lot of the things that these parents say, which I, I think... The only time that I've ever personally experienced it get to that level was one time. Wow. During an all-star game yeah. between Monty and Aberdeen several years ago. Yeah. That was played at Pioneer Park where I was like, man, if I was the umpire, I'd be out of here. Besides that, it's like it kind of comes and goes and it's in waves and it's not that yeah. big a deal. People keep themselves under control. Yeah. But I watch these videos it's, online it's and insane. it's like, how do people think this is an appropriate way to behave? Seriously. And we had some interesting calls that happened in our all-star yeah, game. There always are. Maybe I'll tell you some about it, maybe. But, I mean, there was one where I turned out to be wrong. I went and looked up the rules That's afterwards. That's never happened to me. 
uh, I was wrong about part of it. It was, it was still really sketchy how everything went down. But there was one term that I had forgotten about. I remember my brother telling me about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole um, what establish your own base path. Like if you go out of the base path, yeah, then you get a straight base a path to the base, basically. Yeah, but also it's yeah, like so. What happened was is the kid, every the scoreboard was wrong. Said there was two outs. Mm-hmm. Pop up to behind second base. The kid on second base went sprinting around third because you know he thinks there's two outs. Mm-hmm. Ball gets caught. Coach says, "Hey, there's only one out." Kid cuts back across right behind the pitcher's mound to go to second. Oh, uh, didn't touch third base on the way. No. Oh. And so we're all going, hey, he's out of the base path. Like, even mm-hmm. though we didn't get the ball back to second in time, he's out of the base path. Mm-hmm. We did, And then the umpire said, no, he create, he establishes his own base path. And we were so befuddled. Oh, that's not the way I understood that rule. Yeah. And so okay. we were so befuddled that somebody could possibly think that you are establishing your own base path from halfway down the third baseline to second base directly. Mm-hmm. That we were so befuddled by that explanation that we forgot to say he didn't touch third. And that's all we needed to do. <laughs> Which is the first and, thing I said. And this guy's evidence mind, that I've never been wrong. Yeah. So this guy, <laughs> the ump, I talked to him after the game and yeah. I was like, hey, he didn't touch third. And he's like, yeah, if you would have said, if you, all he wanted us to do was say, hey, he didn't touch third. Oh, because you have to appeal that. Don't Apparently you? You that's have- a verbal appeal. And so that's all he was waiting for us to say. But because we were so confused. Is it a real verbal appeal or was that ump just being, you know. It's a verbal appeal. Okay. But saying establish the base path in that situation is so bizarre that that's the part that I'm still. wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the part that I'm still weird because we were so bizarre about that. And one of the kids from, so we were an Aberdeen-Hoquiam combined all-star team. Mm -hmm. And one of the kids from Hoquiam was hilarious. And he just goes. Hey, coach, can I establish my own strike zone? <laughs> well done, Isaac. That's hilarious. But yes, no. But it, or the pitcher it. throws the ball and it's a ball and he says, no, I, that identifies as a strike. Exactly. Like, is that's that what, the same thing. Is that what Scott Service uh, is talking about when he's talking about dominating the strike zone? Dominating the zone, just making yeah. your own. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. The, the establishing the base path rule, I've always understood that is if, if the action should, takes you oh, out of the normal nice. base path, like – yeah, like you're going through first, and there's a pass ball. Like right. the, the ball gets past the first baseman, your base path is directly now, from where you are to second base. Exactly. You don't have to go back into the first to second base. Exactly, path. that's exact. Or yeah. if you're going from first to third, right, and you take a bad angle around second, exactly. and you find yourself all the way next to the grass, yeah. you're not out of the base path. Exactly. The call out of the base path or out of the baseline is only for those situations when you're trying to avoid someone tagging you. Right, right, right. And right. then you get three feet to either side of a direct path because I went and looked it up. So you get, if somebody's trying to tag you, Mm -hmm. the rule in the book says three feet to either side of a direct line to the base. I have seen that called more strictly constantly where I'm like, really? Did he go three feet out? But, you know, somebody tries to juke to the side and then dive to the base. You're supposed to go in specifically a direct line when you're trying to avoid a tag. That's when it gets crazy, but... I yeah. think your umpire in this instance screwed up and then was trying to cover for it later by saying, well, I wanted you to say it. Yeah. That's my opinion. We were down by 15 at the time. So you weren't going to argue it. Yeah. We, okay. we got a little upset and befuddled and that I got a little upset and befuddled in the second game, but it was nothing to the point where I didn't swear. 
and I didn't yell at the guy. I just asked questions like, what? What are you talking about? And then he explained himself, and I was just like, yeah, I don't agree, and walked back to the dugout. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't agree, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And one of them, the guy said it was my judgment, and I was like, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Did you say that? No, I didn't. You should have. You should have been like, I can't argue with that. Exactly, because if an ump (laughs) says that, hey, this is what I saw. This is what I judged. How are you going to argue with that? One of my favorite if things. If you do argue with it, you're stupid. Exactly. One of yeah. my favorite things. No, that's in, where you go straight to the end. Since I've. Uh, <laughs> let me get some binoculars. <laughs> so you can do better next time. <laughs> uh, since I've turned over another leaf and I'm not a crazy parent anymore. Oh, and I just. Good uh, for you. I don't do this anymore. Right. Yeah. So like. I mean, I've told the story before about how I almost got ejected from a basketball game in Seaside for yes. yelling at the ref like a maniac. Yeah. The man was gracious and kind to not eject me, although he was a terrible referee but that's not the point (laughs) so my favorite thing this year as my 12 year old son was playing baseball was when there was obviously really bad umpiring happening yeah and parents would start to get a little worked up and oh come on i would shout i disagree sir (laughs) and then everybody kind of laughs and then we all move on we realize oh you know we can disagree and it's okay yeah a funny thing when i went to the mariners game we were up in the 200 level not quite to the foul pole, but no angle to call balls and strikes, right? Because yep. we're up right. above, way down the third baseline. Yes. I love it when and parents think they can see balls and strikes from that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're in the, in safe or in T-Mobile Park at yeah. that angle. And there would be a ball, you know, and we all thought it was a strike from up where we were. And we were like, oh. <laughs> and Sean O'Neill would go, that looked like a strike from here. <laughs> Nailed it. That's classic, Sean. <laughs> Classic Sean. Oh, we got some mailbag to get to. We do, but first, before we get to mailbag, we need to talk. Uh, we're gonna, we're going to talk about Mariners, but let's do commercial break, then Mariners, then mailbag. At Oli Pen Real Estate, we have solidified our foundation on four core values. First, we continuously focus on growing our knowledge in the market and in our practices to bring the highest level of competency to our clients. Second, we provide a high level of integrity, compassion, and kindness in every aspect of our business. Third, we put the human element above business through humor, enthusiasm, and patience. And last but not least, we proactively respond to the needs of our clients. Our mission is to create a personal real estate experience, one person and one home at a time. With OliPen, it's personal. The scrimmage is brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. I am Justin Domashevitz, no relation. What's the A stand for? Also, Daniel Hargrove is here with us and our trusty producer, Andrew Gross. Andrew, I don't know what your opinion on this, but I would say if I were assessing how well Daniel's Achilles is healing, we could go, like, we've watched him run to the bathroom, like, virtually <laughs> every week for the last couple months. That was the most nimble he's looked to the bathroom. When you started threatening to talk about Mariners, he he froze and like like started to juke back. That makes Uh, me feel very positively about how you're healing. Yes, you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I got to say, I just realized I think my biggest deficit as a broadcaster is small bladder size. (laughs) Because you have to drink liquids. Yeah, as a broadcaster. It keeps your throat hydrated. Exactly. But if you have a small bladder, then you are hosed. And the amount of times I've been broadcasting basketball games and I have to go to commercial break at halftime and then spray. Sprint to the bathroom mm-hmm. and hope that there's not a line. Yeah. So how do you, so <sighs> I've been with you a lot on the 
these. And then, you know, if you don't make it back in time, then I just yeah. take over for a minute until yep. you get back. What do you do when you're on your own? I tell the board op, don't come back to me until I say I'm back. <laughs> okay, so just play extra commercials. <laughs> just like, hey, That's give me three tra- minutes. That's a savvy veteran move. Yeah, um, but don't come back unless I say, hey, I'm back because uh, I need to go pee. And small bladder size gets me again. Well, the show sheet says Mariners 12-game winning streak slash position in the standings. But in fairness to me, I did this yesterday and before yesterday's game was over. I got to (laughs) say, that just shows me how dedicated you are that you worked on the show sheet before the day of. Thank you. Um, When you were gone, I wrote the show sheet, what we had of it, five minutes before we started. Okay. But in fairness, even when I'm in charge of the show sheet, it often pops up right before we start. So, yeah. you know, uh, but I but, you know, Mariners, not a 12 game winning streak anymore. It's a 14 game winning streak. When I wrote this in the 12 game winning streak, Julio had hit a grand slam. Julio, And I also put in the note, do you cringe when people call Julio J-Rod? I do. I, don't I do like too. J-Rod. We are. I was exp- I was talking about this with my son just a couple days ago. And I was like, we already had an A-Rod, yep. and that didn't work out. Also, the Jennifer Lopez-Alex Rodriguez celebrity couple name was J-Rod. I don't and know who those people are. And I don't I'm, care about them. Why there would was, I care about them? There was also <laughs> a, like a Yankee. There was also a K-Rod. <laughs> yep. And I'm pretty sure there was another J-Rod pitcher at some point, some reliever who mm-hmm. didn't last very long. But also, wasn't there... Uh, who was the? Wasn't there a tennis player? Yeah, Andy Roddick was a yeah, Rod. Was a Rod too? Alex or uh, Aaron Rodgers has been called a yeah. Rod. I just don't. I just don't want the Rod thing. But like, J- but Julio likes. He seems to like the J Rod show thing. J Rod show. Yeah. Maybe you should. Just, I just every time I hear it, and this might be. This is my own personal bias is getting in the way of something that's completely reasonable. Yeah. I hear J Rod and I go ooh. Mm. Maybe just like, maybe they're taking. Maybe he's taking it back. Okay. Yeah. Taking I just, the power out of the world. It's just not very original. <laughs> for himself. Like, I actually, I was having a conversation on the air with uh, Pat Anderson about this recently. Because he was like, he was thinking the same thing. He's like, yeah, J-Rod. You know, the whole A-Rod, J-Rod, that's all played out. He's like, what happened to like a really good nickname? Like. The Big Dumper. The Big Dumper. Yeah. Or he was saying like, why don't we, like a new one, like, I don't know, the. I can't remember which one he said, but I was just like the ambassador or, you know, something like where it's a different thing. Like that's the nickname. It's not just some shortening of, of the name and especially a shortening that we see constantly. Every time there's a Rodriguez or a Rogers, everybody's like blank rod. Let's like, start something new. Car Ramrod. Where <laughs> we're not going to be called Car Ramrod. I think we should start something new. That is not based on his name, but based on yes. Julio Rodriguez's yeah. transcended talent. Like, let's just call him the gifted one. Or the <laughs> show. Or some, I say we call him the show. The show. I know that... Who else was the show? MLB is called the show. Like, that's... But he's the I show. I actually love that. I was going to say, I don't, I don't love... I don't use J-Rod... No, I like I just Julio. Call him Julio. I, I like, like Julio. Julio. Yeah, one. He doesn't need a last name. He's just Julio. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like but Cher, I, it does <laughs> exactly. Or Beyonce, Bono, <laughs> Madonna, <laughs> Ellen, <laughs> Oprah. He's just like he's basically Oprah. <laughs> I was 
I don't cringe at like I don't mind it at yeah. all. Yeah, and okay. I maybe I I I think that the reason I don't like it enough to use it is because of what you guys are talking about with a rod and a rod and a rod. It's just, it's just it's kind of generic. It's generic, yeah. But I don't I don't really find it that like it, it doesn't really cross my mind to be like yeah this is dumb. I just I like Julio the J Rod Squad is like it it sounds good yeah how about the gifted one and his disciples <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you're referencing something but i don't know what it is we'll call him the one the one and it's like neo from the matrix oh. well rick riz calls him the kid but he calls everybody kid so and griffey was already the kid no, we can't have he can't yeah, be the kid can't, yeah, can't he can. be the man ooh <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there? I feel like there's an El Jefe already. Yeah, but that's in Spanish. That's different. Different nickname. What does Jefe mean? Does it mean man? I don't know. I don't have no idea. How do you say the gifted Chief? one in Spanish? I don't know. Hmm. We might might need. If you have any Spanish speaking listeners out there, tell us how to say the gifted one in yeah. Spanish. <laughs> Maybe we can shorten it into a nickname. And look up disciples while you're at it. <laughs> Andrew wanted to talk about trade deadline stuff earlier okay and i said no we should process that on the show instead of before the show i just this is something this is a conversation that hannah and i were having on our way home today i was like i feel like i like they're they're they it was right when they won the game i was like they were going into where they won 14 straight going into the going into the all-star break this is awesome and then i was like why aren't i even more excited and i realized it's because i'm actually anxious about the trade deadline yeah (laughs) like i because last year it got so bad like it was bad it regardless (laughs) of i like that you stopped to come up with the word and then realized no the word is bad bad. (laughs) what you're looking for is bad Regardless of whether you think the trade made sense, because I know there are people who have argued that that trade are there was, wind chimes or yes, a phone wind chimes. Uh, oh, okay. Regardless <laughs> of whether you think that trade made sense, yeah, it was timed so badly that it absolutely lost the Mariners at least a couple games. Yeah. In that first couple days after where everybody was just like, what is even happening? I think yeah. it was actually like a two week stretch after that trade where they just that they were bad. Arguably. Yeah, they felt yeah. like they were in a funk. Yeah. Yeah. And I might remind you that they only missed the playoffs by what? One game. Was it or one or two? One games. or two. Something like yeah. that. It well, we talked close. about this at the end of that season yeah. that the amount of games that yes. they lost during that two week stretch or what at 13 games or whatever it was, was more than absolutely the difference that kept them out of the playoffs. And so anyway, so now in spite of this awesome winning streak and Julio's being amazing and everything, everything should be exciting. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I'm still like, Oh man, I hope that Jerry DePoto doesn't manage to do something to make me mad. Yeah, exactly. And cause so, he's trader Jerry. Right. And I watched a video the other day <laughs> that was just like, all of the terrible moves. It was all of uh, Jerry's moves. Because for some reason, I had thought that most of them were positive and then started going through all the things. It's amazing how many of the prospects that I didn't know about in deals in the last five years have turned out to be studs. Really? Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, that guy's the best pitcher for the Rays now? 
oh, that guy's the best pitcher for the Brewers Isn't now? Like when you found out that like, Omar Vizquel and David Ortiz used to be in the Mariners organization? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and you're just like, huh. Well, and that's that's going to happen, right? Like, he makes a ton of trades, so it's yeah, going to happen. it's bound to happen. But, trader Jerry. But yeah. specifically, what I'm worried about. Is it about, trader or trader? Or what I wanted to discuss <laughs> is, is what we all agree that the Seahawks should be adding Mariners. Mariners. Thank you. You do that <laughs> so much. Mariners, I don't know. We all agree that the Mariners should be adding. <laughs> you guys corrected me like in unison. That was awesome. <laughs> the Mariners should be adding talent. Yes. But who are they going to trade? Juan Soto. And who are we okay with them trading? That's a good question. Because you brought up outfield. And that immediately it, makes sense. And also, because, what do we want to see them get? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I think second base, second, second base, base is an, is an option. Pitching is the main thing that I like. Starting or bullpen? Starting. Both. I thought the rotation was pretty good. The rotation has been awesome. The rotation, but is they have no nobody, depth. no depth, and the rotation is pretty good. And they're on a hot streak right now. I think that's the thing. The rotation. Well, I mean, on a I hot fixed streak. Robbie Ray. What have you guys done? It <laughs> <laughs> broken Marco Gonzalez. Oh. I don't know. It's it's not deep. It's one injury, and they haven't had any injuries, so it's very odd. Really weird. Yeah. So it's, it's the lack of depth that concerns me the most because right now they have. You're talking about a sixth starting pitcher or like yeah. a fifth starting pitcher. You're saying they if have five okay. with Kirby. Okay. Kirby is Kirby's, in his rookie year. That's also he's true. He's going to yeah. be on a pitch count. Uh, not a pitch count. An, an innings, innings count. Like, yeah. So I've never thought of depth as a starting rotation before because, like, you have your five starting – you have your five starters. So are you saying depth beyond the five yes, starters? I'm saying okay. that when they yeah. can't start Kirby anymore because later – that's probably going to gotcha. happen. And – or if any of them – because none of them have got hurt. Yeah. They, they've and, only pitched and there's six not, pitchers. Yeah. yeah, they've only started. Started six. And, and yeah. Brash has been moved completely to a bullpen guy now. Yes. You can't just be like, "All right, now you're a starter again." And the next guy down in Triple A or down in the minors because he's not in Triple A is Emerson Hancock, and he's not quite ready. Where's Justice Sheffield? Uh, he's not, not pitching good. currently for oh. the Rainiers, I believe. Unfortunately, like I don't think he's yeah. pitching. Yeah, he's not good. But he is. He's at that didn't play. really work. I he was out. supposed to be good. He's supposed to be really. He's good. a good baseball name. Yeah, that's true. He's a great baseball name. Mm. So I would think pitching, like if they could pick up like a fourth, fifth starter, or hey, I mean, if the market's there and you can get a really good starter, mm-hmm. great. Especially if it's a few a guy you can, you know, a young guy, and not just a rental. That's more expensive, though. And then you got to look at who you're willing to give up. Yeah. Uh, relief pitching, you can find rental relievers pretty easily. And I think you should stock up on as many of those as possible because of injuries. Or, you know, you just front load them and you add as many, much as you possibly can. Second base would be an option. And it is just an absolute... If you go out and get a second baseman, it is just even more of an indictment on... Not only Adam Frazier, but, but even Toro. more so Abraham yeah. Toro. Like all of the all of the talk about how that was a good trade is incorrect. The fact that they yeah, got Diego I just didn't want yeah, to that no, to like the distract fact, from the fact that yeah, even if it was a good trade, it was timed so badly that yes, it cost them games. Yes, my further thought was that Castillo was also a bad trade, but 
that one's iffy, and they didn't really give up much for him, so who cares? He's got like seven wins this year, but his ERA is like 4.2. Yeah, and he's been stupid. better lately. Okay. He's been... Castilco. Yeah, Castilco's been better lately. But the Graveman for Toro, who's turned out to be trash, and got Ty France hurt, and Joe Smith was just around You're for a year. You're never going to let that France thing go. Ugh. Yeah, I probably should, but it was bad. Yeah, it's... But it's if you have to still go out and get a second baseman after trading for somebody who you said was so stinking good that it I was mean, like he was right like no Adam Frazier's not no having, Tor, no I was saying oh, Toro okay I, and sorry. then I thought, you go I out you were saying for yeah Toro. and no and then yeah. you go out and sign the guy that you actually wanted to get the year before but couldn't Adam Frazier and then he also turns out to not be good so then you have to spend more resources on trading for another second baseman. Holy I think crap. Robinson Cano's available. <laughs> Maybe, but you'd have to take on his contract. He's with the Padres right Didn't now, he get I cut? think. Oh. No, he got traded. Oh, okay. I think. The Never one, mind then. The but anyway, I, I think second base is a position where you can live with it not being that good of a hitter. So you can live with Adam Frazier. You can live with Sam Haggerty. You can live with Dylan Moore being there to play second well, I was base. I say, if Haggerty. So I don't want them to. It. Yeah, I don't want. Oh, he absolutely can play it. Then, that might be his I'd most. Like to see him there. That might be his most natural position. He's hitting over three hundred right now. He's not a natural outfielder. I don't think so. I think I've he's seen a, him make ridiculous diving catches in the did outfield. Did you say Haggerty or Hargrove? Haggerty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> his middle name's Hargrove. <laughs> so I, if, I would be upset if they spent any resources at second okay. because that's not a position where you need massive production from. Especially when you have guys like that you like, like Frazier, Moore, and Haggerty, who can fill the spot and do certain other things well. I think you need as much pitching as you can possibly get anytime you're going for a playoff run. That's my thought. But what what would you trade? Outfield is where you have the most dudes. It's got to be Kellenic, but his value's not high right now. Right? But whose value's higher? An injured Hanniger and injured Lewis? A uh, winker who didn't start out very well, or your only. Guy I'd see Kyle Lewis, Lewis as the guy with the most value. Um, hey, just a note that Kyle Lewis has not been brought up to the major leagues, even though he's hitting the cover off the ball and actually playing in outfield. So I think he's still in his rehab. Assignment. So let me throw yes. this out there, yes. since we're talking about trade deadline but, moves, but like going nuts. Yeah, hitting. I don't like Kellenic did when early before when he was in Tacoma. Yeah, they're both going nuts. I think Lewis even more Except so. Lewis has the record of being a good hitter in, in the majors, majors as well. True. Right, yeah, right, that's right, true. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. Okay, so let me throw this out there. Okay. Because the big name on the trade market right now is Juan Soto. Yes. That when I was looking, like this is outfield? not like, right this field. isn't right people who know. Like, yeah. this wasn't reporters or analysts, but like, you know, Facebook groups of like fans who pay really close attention. Okay. Saying... A Juan Soto trade probably would require Hanniger and Kellenic to be traded in addition to probably some other prospects. He's 23. Hanniger having the value because he is relatively young, but he's also on an arbitration avoiding deal, which means he's only locked up for another year. Yeah. Um, and Soto also knowing that he's only got a couple years left on his deal. And if you want to retain him, you're going to have to pay, you're going to have to pay a buttload of money. But ton. Yeah. So the argument that I was seeing made by fans is 
even if you only get Soto for two years, Haniger, Kellenic, and some other prospects is worth it to go get this guy to make a push for now. If Haniger and Kelnick were the main, were the headliners, they would of be that like deer, the centerpiece of the deal. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, a million times yes. I would do that deal in a heartbeat. Soto is twenty three, and I'm, I'm sorry. Even if but, you, what if you didn't believe you could sign him for the long term? Like that, he, that, like he just won't sign. Like you like, would have to pay him because he's a Scott Boris player, which means you're going to end up paying top of the market, knowing his talent. And we already know he's turned down a $400 million deal with a $30, $30 million a year but average. That was a 15 mil, 15 yeah. year deal. Yeah. Like, I don't even like those deals for the teams. Yeah. Like, I don't see why teams keep offering more years as if that's a good thing for them either. It's not. Yeah. But I would give him, I would give him seven years, $400 million. Like, there's no salary cap in baseball. There's a luxury tax. You're paying the same amount of money because it's guaranteed. So you're not actually saving money, right? Yeah, you don't think you're going to need to break the bank whenever Julio becomes arbitration? So I don't know what the luxury tax threshold is, but I do know that in the uh, most recent CBA that was negotiated, the owners felt like they got a big win because they don't have a salary cap, but they have a soft cap of a luxury tax. It's basically the same system the NBA has. So once you go over a certain limit, you're paying out the nose yeah, to you, pay more salary. You want to see the teams that win? Sorry. Besides the Nationals, the teams that are winning titles are teams that are paying the luxury tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, the So do you want to win or not? It's the competitive balance tax, uh, <laughs> and the threshold is 230 million yeah we're not so that was close one, to that when you when you hear david sampson who used to be a, a team president of the marlins tell it yeah he's like the players came to the negotiating table worried about things like personal chefs and soda machines which we didn't care about at all and they totally <laughs> overlooked the fact that we were putting a soft salary cap on yeah but teams. 230 the million mariners, the seattle mariners are 22nd with yeah. a salary, uh, like a total salary thingy of uh, salary. 136.8 million. Uh, what's the, how many teams, if you don't mind me asking, do you have the list in front of you? How many are above that? What did you say the threshold was? Uh, 230. How many are above it? I will read them off to you. Okay. San Diego Padres, Philadelphia Phillies, Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, Los Angeles Dodgers, New York Mets. Okay, so six teams out of 30 are over the threshold. That was uh, yeah. from the lowest to the highest. Okay. So, the Mets hey, the, Mar- the most? Oh, dude, they're good the, this year, though. <laughs> they're, Aren't they? Hold I, on, let me check the standings. They're good, but they're also stupid spenders. They're not good spenders. But if you are spending a ton on Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez, that's good spending. Yeah, that's, that's good that's, ROI there. Yeah, exactly. So... I would absolutely give up Kellenic and Haniger and probably Hancock, which would that, so that would Hancock hurt. would be the one that would. So I, to me, oh, the Mets are 58 I, and 35. I love Kellenic. I like Haniger. I, I realize that the Haniger is a better player, but I just personality yeah. wise, I really enjoy yeah. Kellenic. I would be sad to see them go. But if you bring in Soto for those two, I'm going. Yeah. He's proven. He's, yeah. he's he is a, a superstar. Yeah. What if what if you had Chef, to throw Marte in there? 
That's I was gonna say. That's where those those extra prospects. I left him out specifically. That's where it starts <laughs> to get like ooh, because Marte could be the next A Rod. Could be the next Carlos Correa. Is that a good you, thing or a bad thing? Uh, I don't know. Carlos Correa is on my fantasy team. Right they are now, okay. It's a bad thing. Okay, so <laughs> both of those guys have their downsides. Well, Correa is a cheater. You mean, like yeah. as a player, not yeah. as a person. Yes, I oh, mean okay. as players because both of the guys were turds for player <laughs> people. But that's the type of dude you're looking at. Where like, you're just what does like he play? shortstop. Well, we have a shortstop, Daniel. I know, and that's the thing. <laughs> that, that's why I think that's why he but, comes but up. I mean, that's he why he base. comes up because we love Crawford at like we love who he is, right? But Noel Ve Marte could be Julio Rodriguez shortstop. How old is Crawford? Is Crawford old enough that Oh, he's like mid twenties, right? He's pretty young still. Yeah. But Crawford's the type of guy where I could see him moving around just maybe to second. Or or would Marte come play second? Marte would not play second. If he did yeah. move, he would move to third. Crawford's a gold glove shortstop. Basement. What? Crawford's a gold glove shortstop. Crawford is a gold glove shortstop. Mm. Marte is he's an A Rod build, dude. Like it is crazy. I don't like you comparing players to A Rod. I know, but it, dude, Mariners I really don't like it. Think about Mariners. <laughs> This is how I feel every one time some, yeah. someone calls Julio J-Rod. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> Mariner's A-Rod was absolutely bonkers. Mariner's A-Rod was on made... PEDs. What? I said it was on PEDs. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but when he was a rookie, his first two years, he didn't look like it. Really? And he was just some freakazoid young player who came up and took the world by storm on the same team that Ken Griffey Jr. was on. Like, he was competing with Ken Griffey Jr. stats-wise. It's insane. So that's what I'm worried about because you see comparisons or you look at him and you're like, oh. How old is he? So that's Marte. He's like 18. So he's, he's like. super young. So actually, wait, hold on though. So if he's. 17, 18 years old. He's super young. Is he going to come up in the next two years? That's the thing. Because that's I, I yeah, was asking. That's a good that's question. Why I was asking about Crawford because if he's that young, if he if he comes up at like, if he comes up in two two or three years, Crawford might be older, and it might make more sense to move him to second or. or that's a good point. Like that. Yeah. So Noelve Marti Marte, he's not quite as big as A Rod, so I'm a little off there. He's only six one, which is still probably taller no for a shortstop. Um, he's listed at 180 and he is, oh, he's 20. So one so to two not, years. Not he's not as young as I thought he was. So he's not already up. So he's not a rod. So I'm going to backtrack part of that. That's good though. I, I appreciate him not being like a rod. Screw it. I love Juan Soto so much, I would say throw him into the deal, too. So, Marte, Haniger, and Kellenic. Yeah. In addition to some lower-level prospects, yeah. you'd be good with parting for that for Soto. Yeah. Knowing that there's a possibility you only get a year and a half out of Soto. Yeah, but you... Knowing there's a possibility, but your goal is to just throw yeah. money at him. Yes. I don't think anyone trades for him... 
that kind yeah. of collateral without knowing that I'm going to at least try yeah. to keep this guy here. Yeah. Is it possible to because negotiate with him before you trade? I mean, no, but yes. Well, yeah. they, they do that yeah. in, they do that in, in football though. Oh, they a hundred percent do it yeah. in baseball too. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, so they, well, but you're not supposed to. Yeah. I, technically. I always assumed that it was allowed in baseball or I mean in I football know. because you get the things where they're like, they're trading for so-and-so and then the next day they sign them. I'm to certain it's yeah. not allowed in football, Really, but they oh, do okay. it anyway. Right. Or the sign and trade where they sign them and then immediately yeah, trade them. Maybe yeah. a sign and trade would be allowed though. Yeah. Like you, the, cause you're just talking to the team. The team's talking to them. Yeah. That would make sense. But could you imagine Kyle Lewis, Julio Rodriguez, and Juan Soto in the same friggin' outfield. <sighs> Is that three rookies of the year? Yes. If Juan Soto wasn't the rookie of the year, I'd be shocked. I guess. We should probably find that out. Thank you. I was about to <laughs> say I should knock on wood. <laughs> anyway, so that maybe I think too much of Juan Soto. Well, he's only batting something like 257 this year, so... Well, he sounds bad to me. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, he's also playing on a trash team. Yeah. And that was another thing is I, I felt like seeing seeing the quote from him that said, I don't want to keep losing. That was a direct quote from Juan Soto. Yeah. That at least a factor, possibly a factor of him turning down a 15-year deal with the Nationals is this team blows – the owners are already talking about possibly looking at options to sell the team. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Don't know if I want to be here. Um, I mean, yeah. he doesn't need to rush into making those decisions. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a down year for him. I mean, he was he was playing for the Nationals at age nineteen. Jeez. And he, old is so he, he would have some veterans. Not only is he a, an amazing young player, but he would have some some veteran experience yeah. as and well. And he had a he has a World Series ring in which that series he hit three thirty three with seven di- or with. How many I don't like this conversation three? because it's making three, yeah. me it's making me consider the possibility as like it being a possibility. It won't happen. And I don't like that, dude. There's no way. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Jerry is thinking about trading Kelnick. And I just don't think that I, I don't think it's a possibility. So I don't think you have to worry about it. I'm just saying that I would do it. And could somebody then get hurt and then blow it all to smithereens because you gave up your depth for one guy? Yes. I think what's obvious is that this team has earned the right to be added to. Uh, you shut yes. your mouth. <laughs> oh. That's what Jerry said last year. Oh, boy. He added Abraham Toro. And Diego Castillo. Diego, Diego Castillo, the Russian. The Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Any more Mariners? Uh, no, I think I I probably pontificated way too much on that. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize. It's what I've been. It's what I was looking for. At least is that like I just. It's what's going on in my head as I'm like, oh no. Well, I before want it to be a good thing, I, I want, want it to be see, exciting. That's, a, that's the thing, though. I want Kellenic to be good. Yeah, I want it. Smell but does order. that mean that's gonna happen? No. <laughs> And we know other people who are good. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to keep my head on. Well, before yesterday, I didn't super know who Juan Soto was. Um, we do, we have mailbag on the other side of this. We're going to talk about the wiffle ball tourney, what we're going to do with oh, our slogan. Two breaks? 
no did we take oh yeah you're right <laughs> sorry we took a break because you went to the bathroom yeah i'm sorry i, no, no, you're I good. thought you were going to a break for that so then i took Should off. we take an extra break no no extra break no extra break. we do need to talk in the mailbag segment yes. we don't have any actual mailbag questions the mailbag yes, send the mail us bag. your stuff send us your stuff in, in a mailbag mail so there's a pressing question here. First of all, for those who don't know, there is a wiffle ball tournament going on in August. We will be sponsoring a team, and our plan is to go to this tournament. We're not going to play. We've we've played the last couple of years. This year, we're not going to play. I have we, been recruited by one of our strongest competitors in who? the last couple of years. By Tracy's team? Wait, you're yeah. not playing? Tracy was recruiting me. We have a team. <laughs> But you said we're not playing. We're not playing, but we have a team. <laughs> we're going to sponsor a team that will playing? be the scrimmage team. We're not playing, but we're going to set up a booth and we're going to record a live podcast and also have hopefully some merchandise there yes. that we can give out. Yep. Um, maybe we'll have like some awards for <laughs> the players that do really well. That could be the A-Rod of the show. You play for a different You're team. not playing for Tracy's <laughs> stupid team. <laughs> <laughs> you can coach our team, Mr. Babe Ruth. Okay. How about that? Right. <laughs> I'll make sure that all the kids ditch because of a travel ball. Um, and then we'll have so, to play. Oh. Anyway, for the last couple of years, we've had a team. We've all played. Yes. It's really fun. It's a ton of fun. It's so much fun. And we've had, in each season, we get jerseys custom made. Yep. And we pick a slogan. So the first year, two years ago, we had Smell You Later. Yep. And we had Jared Kellenick's silhouette on our shirt. Mm -hmm. Last year, we had Seeger, and we did Simply Seeger. Yes. So in addition to having the scrimmage, and then everybody will have their names and numbers on the backs of the shirts, we need to pick a Mariners player to represent our team and a slogan to go with it. Yes. Now, Andrew pushed hard immediately for viva la france yes yeah viva la france i'm i'm a bit of a francophile now i, <laughs> I know i never i never in my life thought that i would say viva la france <laughs> so happily so often yeah and yet gosh one mariners player who i love named france has just changed my life so a couple other options we have I'm decked out in red white and blue because Wait. <laughs> <laughs> i thought well, Julio Rodriguez is the story of the season. Yes. We need to pick something Julio related, but his thing is the J-Rod show. Yeah. I, I have a... And I don't... I cringe I at do, J-Rod. We've covered this. Yes. I have a slogan for if you guys want to do... Want to do Julio. Okay. okay. Just keep swimming. Because you said that you wanted Julio falling down, getting to... Uh, oh, I did oh, say that. Right. We should use the silhouette of Julio <laughs> falling down between second and third. That'd be a good one. Because that was so funny. Yeah. I like that idea. And then the other one was suggested from one of our athletes that's going to be representing us. Okay. And he said we should use two out Raleigh. I oh. love that one. I love it except for we would... Uh, if we do that one, my nickname is going to be Big Dumper. Big Dumper. Big yeah. Dumper. Like... That's a good one. Who are our athletes? You sound like you have this all lined up already. Well, I have. Uh, I had my son reach out to several of his. Do we friends. get? Do we get Beast Boat again? That's the plan. We get the plan is. What to do have, we need to do to make it happen? The plan is to have Bodie back. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I'm also <laughs> We're working, working on an image and likeness deal. <laughs> I'm, I'm in negotiations with some other Montesano athletes, such as Jackson Wilson. 
Okay. Uh, Camden Taylor. Okay. What age are all these kids? Skylar Bovey. They're all in Peyton's grade. They're all going to be juniors. Okay. Because, I mean, I know Andrew knows a couple of high school kids. I know more high school kids than I thought I would mm-hmm. either. So, if we need, like, one more guy, who knows? I might be able to reach out to somebody, so too. So, I put official recruitment offers out to six athletes, which would fill out the roster. Okay. I have heard back from five of them with soft commitments. Okay. So I'm working to have a ceremony. I'm working on finalizing. Yeah, they'll have all the hats in front of them. You got the St. James Gate hat and the scrimmage hat. And I don't remember any of the other teams' hats. Yeah. Ooh, we need to do custom hats this year. Oh, I love that idea. Yes. I super love it. Anyway, I've got a couple kids in mind who would be fun additions if we have a spot open. So make, make, yes. Gosh darn it. (laughs) Make sure you let me know. Okay. Uh, quickly, because there's only one I'm waiting to hear. Wow, we love Montesano. Well, mostly I was thinking, uh, number one, I want to make sure that kids that are recruited are ones that I know and like and trust. So I started with that. Okay, that's um, a good. That's and, a good start. And I figure point. we go out from there. Yeah. All right, you just lowered the amount of kids that I would ask. Okay. <laughs> secondary is we want to win okay but no like and trust was primary yeah do we have some good pitchers on this team oh we got pitchers bro. okay we good. got pitchers but i think there's going to be a radar gun that limits speed i've heard that they just moved the mound back Ooh. oh i like that which would make it harder to throw strikes Ooh. too yeah so we'll see i don't know these are our rumors from a Mariners game I went to while I was being recruited to play for another team. And I was like, dude, I'm coming off an Achilles injury. And he was like, I don't care. And I was like, you have way more trust. You're not playing for Tracy's team. (laughs) (laughs) What if I could play with a former NFL player? Who? What? Whoa, hold on a second. Is Joel playing in the tournament? Could be. It's a, it's a soft, soft thing. I think it's a soft commitment. It's a soft commitment. commitment. Yeah. Is he going to decommit like Gigi did? Hopefully not. Hopefully he does. Because then we could have him on the live podcast there. I hope Joel does play because I like him and I'd like to see him. Exactly. I know Ben's playing. Ben hit too many dingers last year. I don't want him there. Yeah. (laughs) I want to pitch against Ben. No. No. Is is Ben his cousin? (laughs) What? Is Ben his cousin? Brother. 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 Yeah. Little brother. He's so much bigger. (laughs) Okay, but that's not because. Okay. In fairness. Ben's not small. Yeah. Joel is a monster. Yes. Yes. That's, yeah. yeah I, I didn't mean that as a slight to Ben. Yeah. Ben yeah. is like. Was, that was just for clarification. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think you were insulting him. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's real. Okay. Like Joel's really so, big. So. I, I had assumed that they were from the different. Would there be any slogan for JP? Hmm. I feel like. It, yeah. I feel like if we did Robbie Ray, it would just be like. Yeah. Gosh, it drives me nuts. It's like a tennis player. <laughs> Seriously, it is. I, it drives me nuts that it drives you nuts. That's understandable. I feel like you should I mean, be used to that. Okay, I feel like I have dad, PTSD for a minute. literally yells when he lifts for extra strength. I think that you, that <laughs> statement right there should tell you why it drives me nuts. <laughs> okay. So, okay, so... Here's the thing. We got a way out. Like, Viva La France is an amazing logo. Yes. And slogan. And it's kind we would of a have hipster him. pick. Ty France is a little bit of a uh, hipster yeah, pick. Yeah, I admitted that. Yeah. 
Also, you got to think that the silhouette we would have, he would have a baguette instead of a bat. Okay. <laughs> can you make that happen? I He's can. swinging a baguette. I can make that happen. Can we just do our own thing and just Should we use present? Julio and call him the gifted one? We could do that. Or Neo from the Matrix. Should we all make our own Matrix, like, the letters, like a Matrix the style and have it the... Julio, but he's like dodging bullets or whatever? No, just Julio swinging, but with the Matrix. Okay. I, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Should we all make our own logo and present it? That sounds like a lot <laughs> of work. That sounds like a lot of work. I don't want to work on a logo <laughs> if it's going to be used. <laughs> That's true. You know, how it's we, like well, we how were, we're talking gonna... about, just just real quick, we were talking what, about... What would people want most on a shirt? Because it would be sweet oh, if we could make this Julio. logo and then sell these shirts. Oh, that's cool. That's Probably true. Julio. But I don't think we can sell shirts that have that's a good someone point. else's likeness Never mind. We never said that! I was working on logos <laughs> because I, as I was looking at, like, okay, we wanted to have some merchandise to bring and give away that's yeah. like a promotional merchandise, so I was wor- messing around with little logos for our show. And everything we've ever done is just kind of black and white. And yeah. I was like, if we had colors that represent our show, what would they be? <laughs> and Andrew correctly pointed out it would be Tar Heel Blue, Crimson for the Cougars, and yeah. then Orange for the Beavers. Yep. And then What's I the put name of you at Orange. Orange. Do you know the, a name? It's just Orange. Really? And I, I put know. all three I of mean, them it's together. Kind of gone to a, an electric like traffic cone orange lately. Well, I put all three of them together in a logo, yeah. and it looks horrible yeah does not look <laughs> shocking good. real bad see i thought i saw that and you know what when andrew said the we should all have colors from our yeah. different things i immediately thought well you guys crimson and baby blue actually looks pretty good together mm-hmm. and black for the background like well, you don't have to go orange, orange though that, no but you have black orange and black that's true actually uh i've always said if we ever moved somewhere else it would be to stevenson because the Stevenson Bulldogs have great colors, have maroon and baby blue, Daniel, and they're bulldogs. They, they go should, together very well. They really do. You should be ashamed that you didn't know that it is beaver orange and paddle tail black. <laughs> that sounds made up. That is the stupidest so, thing I've ever heard. <laughs> paddle tail, paddle tail black is is made up because it's just black. But the uh, the Pantone uh, number for beaver orange doesn't have a name, so I. I'm pretty sure that would be the name. Orange. Orange. <laughs> so I'm willing to let the beaver's color be black in that situation. Okay. Yeah. So we go crimson, baby blue, and black? Yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to do some mock-ups. Do some mock-ups of that because I, I think that would work a lot better Yeah. if uh, like either baby blue or crimson was the primary mm-hmm. and then you had the secondary and the the black was like the outline slash background i think that would look pretty good also you got the additional uh, benefit that crimson is also hoquiam colors so that it's kind true. of represents you as well and you're a wsu alum exactly so really i'm being represented a lot <laughs> and allowing you to use the black I do got to say, though, I think it was, was it your wife? Was it Angel who came up with that original logo yeah. with, like, the lines through it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good yes. logo. I really like, like it. She threw that together in literally, like, 14 minutes. It's a, That's really annoying. Well, she's that she, That's annoying <laughs> that she threw that together so quick because yeah. the logos you were presenting, I was like, those look good. But I don't think they're as good as that original logo so, she did. And just for reference, those were not intended to look like 
hey, here's the finished product of what we would use. Yeah, I assume it so. It was like, here's kind of a maybe idea of what it might look like. Yeah. And then I'll do something that looks better when it's real. Um, but yeah, no, the yes, you're right. And it's such a simple thing because I always want a clean look. Yes. On a logo. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to make it look clean and also not boring. I'm surprised. We don't have that logo up anywhere on our Facebook page. I was just like, I wanted to. Well, yeah, like, I use it on. Uh, we, has anyone done anything on the Facebook page since I left Facebook? Like, I don't mean like oh, posting things, but I mean like editing the profile and stuff. Our profile picture is the same. I don't have a beard in our profile picture. Yeah. I think it's weird. <laughs> None of us have beards in our profile picture. We all look really different. We look super young yeah. and baby faced. No, I don't we need I to actually, up, we need to take some more pictures. I kind of don't like looking at it because I I'm like, that was only a few years ago. Why do we all look so much older now? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> have we aged each other? We all have wrinkles and just look like grumpy old we could be the cover of the movie Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> Oh, I feel like my new my new job's gonna make me. I think I, I I think I should shave off a little bit because I'm I'm back to like the Amish style beard, and I yeah. think I need to trim that up a little bit. Do more. you want to take a minute to talk about your life transition? I don't know, man. Can you do it? Yeah. So I'm starting a new job tomorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, no longer gonna be on KXRO. No longer gonna be on the radio doing the news. So that is. It's super weird. It is very bizarre to think about seeing that I've been doing that for, I've worked at the station. I'm still going to be there in a very part-time capacity because they, I, they are going to allow me to still do sports if I'm allowed to do that from my other company that I'm working for, which is the Lewis County PUD. Uh, so yeah, that it's a huge change and it's going to be very weird and I will find out more this week. It won't affect <laughs> anything about how we bring our podcast to you. Yeah, that's Everything true. will be the same. Yep. This is one instance where I'm saying this is good for the listeners instead of screw you listeners. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm hoping that I'll still be able to do all of the same local sports coverage during the basketball and football seasons, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Cause I don't know. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for our show. So, yeah. We got to figure out the we we're, we did not come to a decision on should our we, show logo we and should we it? do a Twitter poll? Do we pick a slogan for Julio? Or are we going to do a Matrix thing if we do oh, Julio? You didn't like just go swimming, just keep swimming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's true too. No, I think, I think do, that's mostly a joke. But I think we should come up with two Julios and a France. And I do realize that and that might cow. give France more of an. What option. about the big dumper? Oh, okay. So we two out Raleigh. So we do a Twitter poll with a what a J Rod show. Okay. Like just keep swimming. A two a out Raleigh. Two out Raleigh and a Viva La France. And a Viva La France. Oh, J Rod show, not the one. Oh, okay. Let's do that instead of J Rod show since we don't really like that. Yeah, that's what I, that's I was I was surprised that you went with it. So we're gonna do just keep swimming, the one, Viva La France, and two out Raleigh. Okay. okay. I like Even it. though I like Big Dumper better than Two Out Raleigh, but yeah. I like the pun. The yeah, pun yeah. is pretty sweet. Yeah, the pun's so. dope. I like yeah. it too. So we'll go with that. We'll let the fans decide what we should do. And then we'll put that on our jerseys. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, we probably can't sell those. We probably can't sell those. Could we but do what? a giveaway? If it's. I'm not sure what the 
what the rules are, but I if it's original we, artwork, like oh, that's if, a good we, point. if we're coming up with original artwork, I think if it doesn't have their name or likeness on it, I, I mean, throwing this out there, remember when Jacknut made their shirts? Yes, yes I'm pretty that, sure they won all of those things. Oh, really? I don't think they, I, I remember the bro shirts. Yeah, the I know that ended up in legal trouble, but I didn't I, know. If. Yeah, but I, I'll have, I'll reach out and see what happened with those and see what we're al- al- able to do. Because it'd be fun if we could, A, do a giveaway, and B, offer them to the public. I don't think there would be any issue with us giving them away. Yeah. I think there yeah. would only be an issue if we sold them. Yes. So regardless, we'll have some stuff there. Yes. And I'm also thinking, like, it'd be cool to get some, like, little foam footballs Ooh. and water bottles and other stuff that has our logo on it. Nice. To either give away or sell. I like this plan. Or both. This is a good plan. Or burn. Good plan, great plan. Yeah. <laughs> so for our for my co-host, Daniel Beavertail Black Hargrove... <laughs> And my co-host, Justin, earned the right to be added to Domashevitz. <laughs> and our trusty producer, Andrew, total salary thingy. Gross. <laughs> You've been listening to the script. Which is brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. No relation. What's the A stand for? <laughs>